thank you for listening to Papercut Podcast, bringing you evocative interviews with local creatives every week from hometown heroes to hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place to see live music in Winnipeg for over 30 years. Welcome to Paper Cup Podcast and our Quick Cut series. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Nigel Weber, a hip-hop writer in Winnipeg, documentary maker. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, well, thanks for having me, uh, first off. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a music writer. Uh, I write for uh, a stylist magazine, um, specifically about hip-hop. Um, I have a column there called uh, Winnipeg State of Mind. Um, and that's been going on for about two years, just over two years. Um, and I also, um, well, under normal circumstances, I work in the film industry um, as a writer for the most part. I've done a bit of everything, but mostly as a writer. So, yeah. So what do you write? Scripts? Uh, in film world, yeah. I, I mostly... Um, write for documentary TV shows. Uh, so some people don't even call it writing. It's just kind of assembling. Um, and then I write like voiceover and stuff. There's some writing to it. It's, uh, it's, it's good work when it comes along. But uh, with the current uh, crisis, it's not coming along. So yeah. How, uh, how did you get involved with that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I have, a, I have a degree in filmmaking uh, from the U of W. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I first got into film um, by doing, like, videography. Um, like, I did uh, music festival videography for a long time. I did uh, Rainbow Trope for seven years. I did Big Fun for six years. I did Real Love Summerfest for two. Um, but I kind of quit all that entirely in 2018 um, to, to, to get more into the writing and... Uh, actually working in the film industry because as great as all that videography stuff is it, it didn't uh pay the bills you know right uh so take us through stylus and how did you get involved with that and did they have a dedicated hip-hop writer before uh before you came along yeah absolutely yeah i mean at different points they for sure have had um i mean stylus has been around for 30 years so yeah at different points they've definitely had uh people writing about hip-hop um, but they hadn't for a while. Um, uh, and I sort of noticed that and I'm friends, uh, as I said there, I, I did uh, videography for real love Summerfest. Um, so I've known, I've known Gil Carroll, who's, uh, the man, um, uh, editor of stylus and also the, um, one of the people at real love, um, I've known He's him a friend of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's been on your show. Um, yeah. So I've known him for, for many years. Um, and so I kind of approached him with this idea of, um, excuse me, of writing a, an article. Um, yeah, this was about two years ago, I guess almost two and a half now. And, um, yeah, it, uh, I just really enjoyed the experience. I've written for a long time and just sort of didn't for a long time as well. And then, um, yeah, I mean, the stylus is great because it sort of, it forces me to keep up to date on um, current uh, local 
um, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think the beautiful thing about it is, you know, um, I have a reason at least every two months to be like seeking out somebody new and like finding out what's, you know, what's just been released and all that. So, yeah. So where did you start writing in school? Uh, well, I mean, I started writing like, you know, yeah, I guess in school, you know, as a kid, um, and then, yeah. And then when I got into filmmaking, that kind of took, uh, priority for a while. So I guess I was writing, but I was mostly making like, um, like kind of right towards the end of film school. And then when I graduated film school, like I was making independent documentaries, I started this series called uh, city specific. Um, and so I made a bunch of, uh, like I made, um, I made a, the first one was about, uh, David Schellenberg, uh, who's now the, at the Goodwill. Um, he was at the time at the park theater. That's also how I met all the real love guys. I made one about, uh, beach station blues, which was like the, before they did real love Summerfest. they recorded an album at Gill's cottage. And so I went one year, like the second year they did it. Um, so I was making like those sorts of documentaries and that was mostly taking up my time. Um, not really doing that much writing. So, um, yeah, I kind of got back into it, like both the TV writing and the stylist writing, like about two years ago, two and a half, I guess now. And were you super, uh, super interested in the hip hop scene already? Like you could just... Oh. You could yeah. just write. You didn't have to do like a, a bunch of research to get into it. And why specifically do you focus on just hip hop and don't expand to? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's just what I listen to. Um, like I listen. There's still, you know, I listen to to older music as well. Um, but like, if you were to play me like a contemporary like rock band, I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know them. Never heard of them. Never <laughs> listened to music. Um, nothing against it, you know. If you, I, I might like it if you played it for me, but I wouldn't listen to it on my own. Um, right. So yeah, so it's just always just what I've been into, um, and um, yeah, I mean, I've been going to shows, local shows, since like uh, two thousand eight, I guess, uh, and. Yeah, just, you know, through that, I've known a lot of people. And so, you know, um, and then now even more so through stylists, you know, that that sort of helped to to get, um, you know, so now it's a lot of just, um, yeah. I mean, again, this is before, you know, things got shut down, but I was trying to go, you know, almost every weekend it seemed I was going to some kind of hip hop event or show. So, um mm -hmm. So, yeah. so who's someone um, that might be a little bit flying under the radar right now um, that you would like the whole community to know about, or they may not know about? Um, he's starting to get a little bit more attention, but one of the most recent pieces that I wrote was about uh, this rapper, Sir Louis, um, Sir Louis III. He's actually, uh, yeah, he's actually a, um, a second generation uh Winnipeg I guess his dad wasn't a rapper he was a DJ but he's the second generation hip-hop um in Winnipeg so <clears throat> yeah um yeah I'd probably say Sir Louis nice and you said you you most recently wrote about him 
Uh, it was earlier this year. The most recent piece that I wrote was about um, producers, uh, local, um, yeah, like beat makers or producers. Um, and so I talked to uh, Malcolm J. I talked to Pascal Beats, who's kind of the main producer for uh, Miyazwe and YS and Fab, who are both getting a lot of attention. Um, and then I talked to uh, Hoopa Luke, uh, who's kind of the main producer for this rapper Cairo, who's also, I think, should be, excuse me, should be recognized as someone who's not getting enough attention. Uh, Cairo with a, with a K. Yeah, so uh, I read that article and right. it was great. Um, but it is sort of uh, lends to your documentary style. Like it is like a pretty thorough history. Well, not, I wouldn't say as thorough as you can get when you're, when you're covering three producers, right? You're talking about uh, other artists that they've worked with and doing like good profile pieces on all of those artists too, would you say? Do you, do you use your documentary skills and style in your writing? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's an interesting way to think about it. Um, I also, yeah, I think that's also um, uh, interesting that you brought up, you know, the, the sort of covering of the history, because actually the, the current project that I'm working on um, is... Uh, a book about uh, Winnipeg hip hop history. Whoa, uh, that's cool. Yeah, going back to the very beginning. So it's gonna cover four decades of Winnipeg hip hop history. Uh, it'll be an oral history, so it'll be all told, uh, or at least 90% of it told through the voices of the, the people who actually lived it. I'll be writing kind of like, you know, chapter setups and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, so what stage uh, are you in in that project? Uh, currently going pretty heavy on the interviews. Um, yeah, like my work has sort of been disrupted with the, the crisis. So I've had a lot more free time to just go heavy on, uh, on interviewing people, obviously remotely. Um, I prefer to do them all in person. But yeah, I've been, uh, you know, talking a, lot of, talking a lot of old school people, you know, people that uh, were doing doing stuff like before I was even born, um, which is crazy. It's, uh, it's really, really inspiring to, uh, to be able to hear those stories and, uh, be able to be like trusted with them. So, yeah. Yeah. I watched this. Um, it was maybe on CBC, like gotta say in the eighties that it was like a, like a six minute little on the news documentary thing about hip hop in Winnipeg. Yep. I Googled every single name that came up in that thing and not a single one came up. Like, so do you remember the scene where they're at Sisler in the, in the hallway? Yeah. So the guy, they call him in the piece, crazy C he's like 15, 16 at that time. His name's Chris Knight. Um, he now goes by MC Escalade. Uh, he was a part of the group, uh, state of mind that released, uh, the very first, um, rap, cassette like the first ever release of rap music in winnipeg was his group so that's so and, wild and, wow. and the fact that you know that is wild how did you find that out uh i or did asked, you just recognize them like when no, you watch I mean, that no so so um 
the I think the most important thing to pers- the most important person to to mention here is um, is DJ Bunny. Um, so DJ Bunny uh, is like the the OG of OGs of Winnipeg rap. Like you know, you've either been influenced by Bunny or you know him or like you know somebody you've been influenced by somebody that's been influenced by him. Like he um, <clears throat> he far he started the this festival called Blackarama in 1981. Um, that ran till I think 94. He also uh, had a cable access show on Shaw, um, or he's then called Videon, uh, from 90 to 94. So that's just a huge treasure show that I've been going through of like old, of old um, clips from that show. So anyway, so DJ Bunny was sort of the first, he was the first person I talked to. He's sort of been a big uh, introduction into that older scene. Um, you know, so yeah, props to DJ Bunny for, for everything and yeah, for helping me out with, uh, with intros and stuff. So yeah. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's the long answer. The short answer is, uh, I asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad you gave us the long answer though. I, I find it, um, interesting and I never really thought of this perspective of documentary filmmaking where you had pointed out that you were thankful that they trusted you with their story. And I think that's something that you know, myself and maybe other people overlook that when you're, when you're getting this story out of someone, they have to trust you and you have to build that. So, so is it hard building that rapport with people who might have a story that might be a little bit harder to say or history they don't want to dig up? Is that, how hard is it to establish that level of trust before you can get that, that story? Um, Thus far, it hasn't been too hard. Um, You know, people, I think, because nobody else has done this before. I think people, you know, some people were waiting for somebody to come, you know, knock on their door or, you know, hit up their inbox as it was with, uh, with something like this. Um, but even say like, so last night I, I had not an interview, but just like a call just to kind of get to know, uh, this guy, uh, Michael Shazam, right. Uh, Shazam. He, um, uh, he was in one of the, the, um, the best groups in the nineties and through the early two thousands freak show. Um, that was also, uh, Ismala Alpha's group. Um, so yeah, I just had a, we talked for, I don't know, over an hour, just about, just about rap, just about life, about my project. You know, he just wanted to get to know me. So it's been a little bit of that. Um, but for the most part, everybody's just really eager to, to tell their story. So, uh, when you are writing, I know for me, the biggest thing is that when I get like an hour long interview and now I got to put it into 800 words or something, it's mm-hmm. just like, what, what part of, um, what part of this needs to be edited out? Can you talk a little bit about your editing process and the difference between your editing process for a stylist article versus your book? Mm. Well, the book is still like, you know, I've done about 10 interviews out of over a hundred. So it's hard to say how that's going to end up at this point. Um, there's just so many more people I need to talk to. Is that um, what you're planning a hundred people to talk to? Yeah. Like minimum. Cause wow. I'm, co- I'm covering four decades of history, right? Yeah. Um, from basically the beginning, which was around 1980 through to basically now. Um, 
so yeah yeah you should see my interview list it's uh it's extensive <laughs> i would uh, love to <laughs> yeah yeah well anyway so um so you yeah. don't really know what your editing process is going to look like for the book so far but maybe we can talk a bit about your stylist interviews and how you decide what things need to stay and what things need to go just maybe for an aspiring uh writer right yeah i mean um i don't know i guess in a way i'm a sort of unconventional writer in that way like i sort of you know i, I conceive the idea you know i sort of know how it's going to go even before i've talked to the person and then it'll sort of change based on what they tell me uh and then honestly i just like i spend you know as much time as I can and with stylish is usually a pretty hard deadline. So sometimes it's not that long, but you know, a couple days, a week, however long I have, I'll sit with the idea and then not quite at the last moment, but you know, when I'm ready, um, it, uh, I'll just sit down and write the whole thing, you know, and then I'll come no back. No way. That's and then wild. But I mean, those are only like a thousand words or 800 words or whatever. That's not that. <laughs> That's still that quite hard. a bit. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's like I, so what I'll do is I'll like go for a walk and like sort of um, think about, you know, what's, what's going to happen and what order. Sometimes I'll have like rough notes of sort of like, this is point A, this is point B, this is point C. Um, but yeah. It's not always that fluid, but yeah, that, that, uh, I would say that's the most common way is just sort of, you know, sit on it and then sit down and just write it in more or less one or two sessions. And then always an editing session that, that would, I think would be, if I was going to have any pointer for any up and coming writer is always look it over, always edit it. If you can have somebody else do it, but for the most part, you know, don't always have time. So at least read it over yourself like once or twice or three times because you're always going to, you're always going to see something that you would change. It's always going to get better. It won't get worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 at, at, you know, at minimum it'll stay the same. Um, right. It can only get better by rereading it. So. Yeah. That's good advice. Excellent advice. I've got uh, one more question. Um, Go for it. On a lighter note before we wrap it up. Um, so you, you mentioned that things are slowing down a little bit now. Uh, what have you been doing during quarantine? Keep yourself busy, creative projects. Obviously you're still, you're still working on the book, but maybe aside from that, how do you wind down? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that's been the main thing I've been doing. Um, you know, some process of that, of either setting up an interview or transcribing the interview or, um, probably if I'm going to relax, you know, I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm listening to a lot of the, of the old school music, you know, of, of, or, you know, of uh, Winnipeg music, uh, rap music. Um, or, you know, I, uh, and, and yeah, you know, I'm sitting down and watching Netflix like everybody else, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. What are you watching right now? Uh, what am I watching right now? Um, I just started this uh, documentary series. Like, obviously, yeah, I, wa- I watch a lot of documentary uh, stuff. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I started watching this series called 
1994. It's it's a Mexican series. Like it's about um, like what was going on. There is like a polit like the main presidential candidate in Mexico was assassinated in 1994. So it's kind of about that. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, but it's all in Spanish. So. I have a quick, quick question. We've asked, we'll try to make it quick. I don't want it to, <laughs> it could maybe go on forever. Um, but we talked to Egg before about what is the, you know, there's East Coast style, West Coast style, when we're talking about American rap and hip hop. Is there something that you would categorize in a few words what the Winnipeg style is, if there is any? Going back and listening to all that stuff. Wow, what the Winnipeg style is. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, uh, it's, um, hmm. yeah, I mean, it's certainly unique. It's, it's something that it, it kind of combines elements from a few different, uh, you know, East coast and West coast. I mean, it also depends on who you're talking about, but yeah. Um, I would say it's sort of, yeah, a meld of, of a lot of things, um, you know, with, with a bit of, you know, that prairie accent that uh, we say we don't have, but we, we definitely do. <laughs> That's a great description. That's perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nigel, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you. And good luck cool, with yeah. everything with the book so far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'll have to have me back on when uh, when it's done. We want to have I a promise. real sit down. These are the quick cuts, but we definitely want to sit down with you. And then, yeah, this will be a little bit of a, of a teaser into our uh, full chat when we get a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know my full timeline, but uh, it'll probably be at least, a, you know, in a year, which is enough time to have a guest back on. So <laughs> thanks. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Great advice. Yeah. yeah, we'll pencil you in right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you the radio was always uh six months right right <laughs> so we're perfect okay okay we'll talk, talk to you later, later nigel yeah and well thanks thanks again oh, i appreciate it thank you, thank you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us, with us on paper, paper cut, cut podcast, podcast. thanks, thanks.